way to measure success for young adult ministry. If you have a young adult who walks into your church for the first time and says, how do I get connected? What's, how, what's the next thing on the calendar? Who can I meet? And if you have something at the ready, that's a huge win. That is a huge win. Well, what's up, guys? We hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts. This is the Young Adults Today podcast. Please subscribe and you'll never miss a thing. We want to invite you March 1st and 2nd to Minneapolis, Minnesota for the Young Adults Today Leader Conference. This is for pastors, next-gen leaders, people leading young adult ministries from across the country. It won't be the same without you there. Why should they come? Well, you should be coming because you can have an amazing opportunity to meet your next best friend, potentially understand that you are not alone in leadership, but also just get poured into and just take a deep breath of like, what does God have for me? What does he have for the ministry? And how can I get a breath of fresh air in my lungs and in my sails as I begin 2024? There'll be breakout sessions. There'll be worship. There'll be some speakers and an opportunity for us just to get to do life and fun together. And we don't have to be strangers anymore. We get to be friends. It's incredible. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at the King's Council. Riley Meek is the founder and the King's Council really is your tribe especially if you're a young leader, mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to move from entrepreneur to entrepreneur, maybe 2024 is the year that you start a side hustle, start a nonprofit, start a business. The King's Council has courses, mastermind communities that you can find other like-minded people because look, leadership does not need to be lonely. You can find out more by visiting slash partners and visit more in the show notes. Here's today's episode. Hello, my name is Rochelle Gear. I'm the young adult pastor at Wilmer Assembly of God Church in Wilmer, Minnesota. And I just wanted to take this time to explain the impact that Josiah and Micah and young adults today have had on my ministry and myself as a ministry leader. I love that they provide different opportunities, resources, and events for young adults as individuals, but also ministries and ministry leaders as a whole. Things like Young Adult Weekend or Young Adult Conference, where they come in prayed up and we get to walk away from those things feeling loved, feeling developed, feeling seen, and most importantly, feeling like our relationship with Christ has truly deepened. They not only challenge myself as a leader, but they provide opportunities for me to grow in my leadership as well, which is so valuable. It's an honor to know you guys. It's an honor to serve with you guys. And it's such an honor to watch your passion for the next generation. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. Hope you're feeling alive right now. Every single Monday, we hope to encourage you and the beginning of your weekend, whether it's your leadership, whether it's your workout session, whether you are a young adult, maybe tuning in, trying to figure out what in the world is Young Adults Today all about. We are about coming alongside the next generation, ages 18 to 30, and they're leaders of just saying, we see you, God loves you, he knows you, and has awesome things for you. I am one of your hosts, Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally, your other host. This is the Young Adults Today. Today podcast, Psalm 145.4 talks about one generation telling the next of the marvelous mm-hmm. deeds of God. That fires me up. That moves me. And I know it moves you as the listener. And um, we consider it a gift anytime you subscribe. 
you share this with friends uh, as an episode and leave us a review. And we are so, so grateful to have Cameron McDaniel as our guest today. Bro, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Honored to be a part of the podcast with you guys. Well, we are thrilled to have you. And Josiah, tell the audience a little bit about who Cameron is, where he's at even. Yeah, you need to know Cameron McDaniel. He is the young adult pastor at Valley Assembly in Spokane, Washington. One of his other things that he's just passionate about is the faith of the next generation. He has started the YA Collective to serve the movement of young adults in the Pacific Northwest, in Washington. And just building a network of young adult ministry leaders in his community, um, rallying and reaching young adults for Christ at a local church and helping other churches do the same. And Cameron, why do you believe that young adult ministry is so vital? Um, Man, I think young adult ministry is so vital is because scripture really points to it uh, when I see... When I see who Jesus selected to follow him, they were guys who didn't quite measure up to the standards of the religious rulers at the time. And they were individuals who had the time and commitment to say, I'm willing to do something different and I'm willing to change the world. And I can't help but think if we want to see God's kingdom come, there needs to be a level of intentionality and investment in that generation of young adults who are simply saying, here I am, Lord. I'm willing. I'm willing to follow you. I'm willing to make your name known. And that can be a little risky, which I think sometimes church leaders can hesitate. But I think that if we lean in to um, to challenging, inspiring, encouraging, praying over that that generation of young adults who don't quite have it all put together yet or don't have all the answers, I really think... I really think we'll see some incredible things happen for the kingdom of God. So that's why I'm passionate about it. I think that that area of ministry for young adults seems to have more questions than it does answers, um, which makes me lean into it more. And I don't want to pretend that I have all the answers, but man, when it comes to having those conversations, just like you guys, I'm just as passionate to have conversations, build relationship. And remind people, hey, we're better together. And as we're, uh, as you're building this ministry, as you're forming your ministry, as you're creating vision for that ministry for young adults, uh, let's lean into this together. And that's uh, that's the beauty of how we originally connected over a year ago, was seeing like, hey, here's some individuals who love Jesus and want to make Him known in this generation. And uh, man, it's just been a blessing to have you guys in my corner. I absolutely love that. And I would say even just like the prayer of like, Lord, here I am, send me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do and just become the person you want me to become. And we want to we want to be people. I mean, I want to speak for you, Cameron, but I think we, we view you as one of these people that we're going to push all the chips in on the table. We're going to go all in with this until God says stop. And we're going to push all the chips on the table. We're all in. Like when Jesus said, hey, come follow me. They didn't ask, what should I bring? Where should, where are we going? They just said, okay, let's go. And we want to be leaders that um, we're all in and we're willing to go where God calls us to go. And and you've said yes. And we'd just be curious, Cameron, for us and the listener, take us back to that moment where maybe you said yes to Christ or just give us a little glimpse of your story. Like, how did you get to where you are? What has God been downloading you in the process? And where did that passion for young ministry, like, where did that really take root in your journey? Yeah. Um, so 
born and raised here in Spokane, born in a Christian home, uh, have two younger sisters. And I remember clearly uh, being asked in elementary school, raise your hand if your parents are still married. And, and I remember raising my hand so proud of my household and my family and being raised in a Christian home. And also at the time, I distinctly remember looking around, judging other hands that weren't lifted, thinking I'm better than them. Well, then fast forward a few years when I was 13, my parents got divorced and just felt like that picture perfect family crumbled and was ripped at the seams. And part of that was uh, my mom had a hard upbringing and uh, wrestled with alcoholism and, and drug abuse. And so that entered the home and that just shattered me. And I hated two people. If I can just be transparent, I hated my mom and I hated God. And I was like, God, if you're such a good God, why didn't you deliver my mom from this? Why didn't you restore my family? I can no longer hold my hand in class if someone asks, you know, are your parents still married? And so that just shattered me. And for four years, really distanced myself from my mom uh, and distanced myself from the church and my relationship with Jesus. I, I would say like, yeah, I still knew there was a God out there. But after what I went through, I don't know if he was worth serving, let alone following. And from that time, from 13 to 16, my local church here at Valley Assembly, our mission is to love first. And the families that are here just always loved us. Like they never cast judgment. They never, they always invited us. They always extended invitations to gatherings, events, showed like when the birthdays came, texted me, all those subtle things. And they were just a demonstration of the love and the grace of Jesus Christ and and weren't in it for an ulterior motive. They were just being Jesus to me. And I remember when I was um, 16, uh, 2009 at a winter camp, I uh, and all this comes together at a winter camp, I had a moment where I just found forgiveness towards my mom through the forgiveness that God has given her and recommitted my life to Christ then. And my life hasn't been the same. And as, as I've gone through that from 2009 up till now, I've seen the beauty of the church here at Valley Assembly. In fact, my younger sister was our worship pastor here at our church at one point. And we were talking about it. We're like, if you were to tell us we were both pastors at the church in 2009, we would laugh. Like there's no way we would be pastors at the church. But we believe one of the reasons is because we've been a product of the church being the church. And my verbiage to my lead pastor was, Valley Assembly is my family. I don't want to see anything but the best for my family. If I can help demonstrate what the love, grace, and mercy of the church has done to me in my life, I want to fan that into flame for other families and individuals in our community. So I've got just a big heart for the local church because there's such tremendous value within the bride of Christ. Um, Also, as a youth student, when I started getting engaged with our youth ministry within our city, they had what was called United Nights. And my youth pastor had relationships with some of the other youth pastors and and camaraderie. And I remember as uh, as a youth student, we were at McDonald's and I didn't have any money. And one of the other youth pastors said, hey, you want something? I'll get you something. And I'm thinking, he's not my youth pastor. Why would he buy me like... Does he want me to attend his youth group now? And he's like, no, it's my treat. 
he's talking about my youth pastor and how awesome of a guy he is. So for me, it really broke down this like competitive nature that sometimes culture forces on what churches look like. This church is better. This pastor is better, all this. And so I was able to see the, the beauty of unity within the body of Christ as a youth student. And I think that planted some seeds in my heart. And then as I, um, uh, as, as I, as I went on in life, went to my uh, college at Eastern Washington University, pursued a bachelor's degree in exercise science, pre-physical therapy. And after that, wanted to take a gap year. And before I went to go get my doctorate in physical therapy, just wanted a different pace, different scenery, and um, do something different. And so I, I moved to Los Angeles, downtown LA, and that'll give you a, a different scenery and different pace real fast. And lived at a place called the Dream Center and served mm. there for two years. And wow. they look through the lens of find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. And um, certainly applicable, I mean, anywhere you go. And loved that two years that I actually stayed down there, built some lifelong relationships with people, but also saw the beauty of the hand, the church being the hands and feet of Jesus Monday through Saturday. And took what I learned there, moved back home to Spokane got licensed as a pastor here in the Assemblies of God in Spokane and been serving my local church ever since. And when I got home uh, back in 2016, I was a single 24-year-old dude and I was given the portfolio of young adult pastor. And I didn't know what that looked like. I was like, okay, well, I'll figure it out. And for probably about five years, um, yeah, had a lot of questions and didn't have really anyone to talk to about what young adult ministry could or could look like didn't have a clear vision of what that could look like and it wasn't until probably the last two and a half years i feel like i have really just developed a passion for this area because the need is there yeah there really is a need for clarity within this mm -hmm. ministry for a sense of unity within the church of christ within this ministry and uh and so god's just been able to take some things from that i've experienced in my past in my past that have developed a passion for, I think, where I'm going in the future. 100%. And we're going to come back to that, that unity piece in just a second. But uh, a friend of mine, Grant Skeldon, he said this, he said, the next generation is not leaving, leaving the church because they get asked to do too much. He said that they're leaving because they're getting asked to do too little. Do you agree, disagree? What's your take on that? Yeah, no, I think that you know, if we were to look at the secular side of things, like you have a young adult who graduates high school and enlists in the military, they're going to be trained and they're going to be holding a firearm and they're going to be asked to do things that are pretty yep. renowned. Yep. Okay. So you take that same young adult and they're going to start working with them in the church and you're like, okay, we're just going to ask you to maybe hold the camera and do some small edits and, and do some, you know, like that intern type mindset. Yeah, I don't know if, and I don't want to get lost in this like comparative game because you can really get lost in the weeds of all that. But I really think that like, hey, there's some young adults who are really gifted and talented or are just wanting to learn what those gifts and talents are. How can we best set them up to those gifts and talents are in place to glorify God, not to glorify the name of your church. Yep. Now, the church should glorify Jesus. But if you can utilize the gifts and talents of young adults and help them see the value of who God's created them to be, I think you have the capability of unlocking unlocking things that you probably hadn't even imagined. 
For sure. Things like giving young adults a voice, a seat at the table, letting their ideas, giving them some roles and responsibilities and a a little bit of an incubated laboratory where they can Mm -hmm. explore and test and experiment and discover their spiritual gifts, stumble and fall so they can get back up and learn how to walk and run and and go after it spot on. How about this? Are you seeing more churches start young adult ministries? Since we started the Young Adult Collective back in February of 2022, in um, the collective, for those who are unfamiliar, right now we do quarterly gatherings, at every single gatherings at a different local church in our area, and we always have a different guest speaker come. It's formed as a service, but we're intentional connect to connecting community at each and every single one of those. Since then, I know of four, now five, local churches that have started young adult ministries or changed budgets within their church to allocate towards young adult ministry because they see the value in it. Right. And that's the heart behind the collective is not to just form a massive event, but it's to help raise awareness on the value for, I mean, nine times out of 10, you talk to any local church pastor and they would say, of course we value young adults. Okay. What are you guys doing to invest in that generation? We just don't know. And I think that's I think that's okay. Like that's a fair thing. But I want to help them discover the value of that. Who are the young adult influencers, young adult leaders in their congregation um, that could really add value to them? And so, yeah, it, it's been cool seeing some of those local ministries start and develop um, young adult ministries in their culture, in their context. That's awesome. Cameron, that's so exciting to hear that people are, maybe they do have the answer like, no, I don't know how to reach the young adult. But I think the follow-up question, what are you willing to uncover so you can reach the young adult? So I think that the follow-up question, I think is probably one of the most important ones because we come up against so many, not up against, we come into so many conversations, whether they're lead pastors or next-gen pastors, or maybe they're just kind of like a super, what do you want to call them? A super volunteer where they're just like, I'm 27, I'm single. I have a passion to reach my generation what is going on in this church? Like, this is where we sit and we go out for lunch and now what? And I think so many times, like us as leaders, like because of the role God's given all three of us and so many of our listeners, we get to then become a voice piece and an advocate to hopefully help bridge the heart and the gap from the lead pastor to the young adult sitting in the pew. Meaning, hey, can we prompt the thoughts and provoke the thoughts of the lead pastor who says they are passionate about the next generation outside of the this eight like eighteen and under to the eighteen to thirty year old because they are current and they are future leaders. Like so, even looking at the statistic, uh, was it fifty seven or sixty years old is the average age yeah. of the lead pastor? Yeah. So they're going to be in the next five to ten years. There's going to be a whole new crop of leaders, but it's like, oh my goodness, who are we leading in that process? Who are we raising up in that process? And what opportunities are we giving young people to lead, to use their spiritual gifts, to uncover some of those gems inside of them? And if they are a little rough and rugged, my word, somebody gave me the microphone for the first time. And I bet everybody listening, if we go back, listen to our first sermon, who that pastor was, or that leader was that gave us the mic, we'd probably all cringe, right? It's like that blushing embarrassment moment that you hope yeah yeah we took a risk yeah you kind of hope that that wasn't on tiktok or reels well i think 10 to 15 years ago it wasn't for me so praise god for sure but uh but just but just kind of 
I don't know, dropping that little match to start a fire in the heart of a leader, whether they are the lead pastor or whether they're the 27 year old who's passionate about their generation. Um, Cameron, I'd just be curious. Can you talk about the journey of starting a network and serving young adults in your community and resourcing other local churches in your vicinity? Like, what does that look like? How could other people potentially do that? Or what are some things that you've learned that are effective or maybe not so effective? Because the last thing we want is to be cookie cutter Christians and be like, these are the three things everybody has to do (laughs) because we all look very different. Like, yeah. North Dakota is our neighboring state. Whoa, totally different than Minnesota. So even Spokane, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, like those are all very different locations. But what have you learned in that process? That's a great question. Um, I think a few things. One is you're going to have to define what, what success looks like for you. I think that's a big one. Sometimes we get lost in this idea of just comparison And I know that when I was full of questions, I tended to compare myself and our church in context to other churches to help create what success would look like for us. Would a successful young adult ministry mean a weekly gathering? Would a young adult ministry, a successful young adult ministry be a, uh, a, you know, a dozen life groups and small groups? And here's, I just, within the past few weeks, spoke with another young adult leader at another church. And I told him this, and I think this applies to every church. I think this would apply to every every young adult leader in every church. All right, we're leaning in, Cameron. I'm taking notes. I got my pen. Tell us. One way to measure success for young adult ministry, if you have a young adult who walks into your church for the first time and says, how do I get connected? What's what's the next thing on the calendar? Who can I meet? And if you have something at the ready, that's a huge win. That is a huge win. That could be, hey, we have a we have a meeting. We we get together for coffee after church, or we've got this event. We've got this party coming up. All you're doing is you're being proactive. You got something at the ready for young adults. It doesn't have to be. You know, we look at. There's the young adult ministry down in uh, Texas, the porch. Yeah, man, they're doing incredible things. But sometimes we do ourselves a disservice in thinking, if I don't get to that level, I'm not successful. And so I think just sometimes looking at the small things of, hey, let's have a reality check. You've got a new young adult that enters your church and says, hey, I want to get connected. What do you have available? If you have something at the ready, that is a huge win. That's so Dude, good. I'm taking notes here. A hundred percent. And I think that along with that, you know, I just think that there's there's a lot of, I think, fear, sometimes insecurity. Mm-hmm. I think that there's so many, there's so much uncertainty. Kids ministry has been done so well for so long and is really well-resourced, understood, accepted and needed. But but it's like every church is like, yeah, kids ministry, got to have it. Youth ministry has really, there was probably a day 50 years ago where it was a newer thing. Mm-hmm. Now, young adult ministry is actually a newer concept because for so many reasons, but a few would be young adults are single longer, fewer marriages are happening, fewer people are having kids 
there's delayed adolescence. There's also delayed marriage, all these different things, um, attributing factors, many career college, Mm -hmm. a lot of things. But with that, if people are single longer, I said this recently, like the, the single young adult might be one of the most overlooked populations within the church. And I said one of there's, there's other groups as well, but it's like, it's so much easier when you visit and you've got a couple kids and you're married to assimilate. Mm-hmm. I think to your point of, if you can have a pathway and on-ramp for the young adult to find community, it's so powerful. It's so effective. And I, I think that what we want to do is we want to mm-hmm. say, you're welcome. You're mm-hmm. wanted. And how about go here for the pastor who's listening and they, they want to lead with vision because without vision, people perish. Yeah. And I'd say like what can happen in a lot of settings is that a church starts a young adult ministry and it starts, people start to show up. There's a button on the website. They, they have some form of on-ramp. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now people who attend and they're actually a part of other churches that don't have young adult ministries, they start to show up too. And with where there's no vision, the people perish. But sometimes with young adult ministry, what the pastors are like, okay, I don't want a weekly service. Mm-hmm. We don't want a youth group 2.0. We don't want a church within a church, AKA a siloed young adult ministry yeah. for that pastor who thinks that way wants to reach the next generation, wants to raise Mm -hmm. up millennials and Gen Z, how could you increase their curiosity and decrease their fear? Man, that's a... I I loaded it up there for you. Yeah. Fire. (laughs) I think think the the pastor has to be secure in, in... so the pastor would would this be like lead pastor or young adult pastor or both? I probably say the lead pastor. Lead pastor. Um, I think there's two things that come to mind. One is, you know, scripture talks about old men will dream dreams, young men will have visions. I think one of the markers of a great church is you're a vision church and you're a dreaming church, meaning you've got those generations that are there. Um and so with that, you know, the the vision, I think the vision should include the kingdom. And part of advancing the kingdom is knowing that it's likely there might be a higher percentage of transfer with young adults. Meaning when it comes to me serving young adults, I want to have... I want to have a level of my hands a little bit open, not necessarily having my fist clenched saying, this is your church. You need to stay here. You need to abide by our rules, guidelines, and bylaws. Now, the way that I'd operate is I have a young adult leadership team here at Valley Assembly that say Valley Assembly is my home church. I think there's tremendous value for young adults seeing the significance of being planted somewhere, being invested somewhere. Um, And then I also know at the same time, And so I ask of my leaders, consider like before you're on the leadership team, I just want you to, you're going to demonstrate the value of being planted somewhere. So you're invested, you're at Valley. We serve, we just had a young adult service Sunday night. I would say 50% of the people that were at our service 
don't attend Valley Assembly. And so I have, I'm very blessed with my lead pastor and he, he wants to help operate with a kingdom mindset and looking at, is this something that we can, how are we furthering the kingdom? And the cool part was like these young adults that attended Sunday night, it's not because they don't like their home church. It's just, they don't have anything available. And sometimes to help shape culture, you need to have a critical mass and they don't have a critical mass of young adults at their local church because it may be in a rural area. And so I would say, take some time to pray about if your, your vision should help, your vision should include advancing the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to young adult ministry, approach it with the idea of, I want to advance the kingdom of God. And, and I think that's a good lens to have when it comes to young adult ministry, because that way, I think you're, you're also helping serve the other churches in your area too. So does that make sense? Amen. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. Cameron, I think that it's so good on so many levels. I was taking notes that I feel like are true downloads from the Lord. And I think when the young adult enters, whether it's their church or not, when they know that there's something for them through those doors versus the church wanting something from them, they will show up again, whether they are from 10 churches down the street or they're from a different neighborhood, they're going to enter the doors. If there's nothing happening at their church, they're going to, they're going to want to be fed somewhere else. And, and not to say that that's right or wrong. It's just the reality of which we, we live in of just like, well, if there's nothing here for me that can cater to this season of life. Yeah. I can attend a Sunday. That's great. But outside of a Sunday, I might be part of this Bible study group over here, or I might be a part of this worship night over here or this special event over here. And yeah. I would just say for the lead pastor, maybe you're tuning in, or maybe you're going to be a lead pastor someday. Don't, don't forget where you've come from, because I think so many people are called into ministry, start or begin any form of ministry between the ages of 18 to 30. And you could get called into ministry and be 13, but you're probably not going to be pastoring a church at 13. You know what I mean? But I think this is what I feel like. I feel like insecurity breeds comparison wow. in the mm -hmm. leadership part. So if you're insecure, it's going to breed comparison, but security breeds blessing. So I think when we can separate ourselves, myself included, as a leader of saying, okay, I'm secure in the fact that this is an assignment from the Lord and God's going to have somebody else take something over somewhere else. Somebody else is going to, I'm standing on somebody's shoulders. I pray to God that I have several people standing on mine at some point in my life that can go further, that can see farther, that can be blessed by the things that God's allowed me to build with him and Josiah and our family in the process. And when we begin to hold, like you said, those things loosely and not with a tight grip, you become more secure in realizing this. And I learned this in parenting. We are in control of literally nothing. <laughs> we really are. Like this little emotional baby can come home two days old and have the most power in any room that they're in. I'm hungry. I'm wet. I'm, I'm not happy. They let everybody know. Right. So I realized the only thing I can control in that moment is me. I can't control them. So I think as leaders, when we realize, wow, God is the one in control, what I am in control of is, is my own spiritual development, is my leadership tactic development. Um, God, I'm going to team up with you when it comes to the visions, when it comes to the dreams, when it comes to the mantle that you've given me for such a time as this. But I'm also going to help pave the way for others who are going to come 
behind me because somebody else has gone before me. So I think when we can really start operating in this full surrender, and maybe our hands aren't even like open like this of Lord, what do you have? It's more like, I'm going to empty them out to realize, Lord, that I need you every single day. And I think so when we can have that insecurity become security in who we are and whose we are in Christ, we just become better leaders because they were willing to hand over ideas leadership, responsibility, um, vision. And there's nothing more fun than being a part of a young adult ministry group where they do fun things without you as a leader getting invited. Right. So like, yeah. we, went, we went paintballing. I'm like, awesome. I'm not like, why wasn't I invited? No, I'm secure <laughs> enough to say, praise God, you're building yeah. community with the 18 year old that yeah. you need another 18 year old in your life. That's amazing. Absolutely. So I don't know what, what to say about that, but just I just pray that we become secure leaders and secure enough to know that we're all in the same winning team. It just, mm-hmm. we're not, we might have different jerseys on because we're at different churches, but ultimately we are on the same team. So, I love it. so yeah. with that, if we're on the same team, um, just for the listener, maybe he's just getting started. Maybe they don't even have a team yet. Maybe they're taking over a team and Hey, it's 2024, January, 2024. God's birthing some new dreams inside the leader listening. What would be a few practical insights that you'd want to encourage them with as they launch something new in 2024? Yeah. Um, Man. It is fun reading scripture through the lens of how did Jesus do young adult ministry? Yeah, man. that's That's always a great way to start because... I think sometimes we have this huge dream and vision of like, oh, we're going to, you know, it's going to be this. Well, let's look at what Jesus did. He just simply, he had 12 guys. He said, are you willing to follow me? And so I think that there's a level of intentionality of who are the young adults that I can ask to help join me in what this would look like. I think the other thing too, is the other area for the young adult pastor leader that's listening to this is don't overlook the empty nesters. You've got some individuals who are super passionate about young adults because now they don't have the kids, they don't have the youth, they're empty nesters, the kids are off at college or doing other things. But you could lead in, lean into them saying like, hey, could you host a group? You have you have some value, you can contribute. Um, you're probably not going to be in our Instagram posts, but we want to include you in you know praying or partnering with the young adult ministry. So I think that's a great one. The other thing that I look at too is young adult ministry. And this is something we've talked about is seasons of life is a big thing. Um, I tend to look at young adult ministry in three seasons of life, uh, young professionals working their full-time job, young college students and young marrieds. So reality is you could have three 21 year olds. One could be in college full-time. One could be working their full-time job and one could be married, maybe have a kid or two. Well, they're all 21. Yeah, but their daily rhythms are different. Their conversations are different. Their commitment levels are different. So as a leader, if I can if I can identify those three seasons of life and look at some of those influencers and young adults in my area and context to partner with me in this young adult ministry, I'm setting the ministry up for success. So now I can I can connect them with individuals who are in a similar season of life that they're in and they can do life together. So I think that's a helpful way to look at young adult ministry because the reality is um, young adult ministry now is a book through Fuller uh, Youth Institute. 
And they did a great job kind of just laying out, you know, the timeline of young adults post high school through 25 to 29. And our culture sets up this linear trajectory of you've got high school, you've got college, you've got a job, you've got married, and then you get kids. And that's nice, but you interview a number of people and it is very, very slim how many people stay on that path. And, and uh, you know, you've got young adults that try college, then they move out, they decide to change their major, excuse me, they study abroad, they get married, then they have a kid, then they decide to go back to college. I mean, they're all over the place. And I think that's part of the wrestling match for people when they consider leading young adult ministry is, oh, I thought that I would just be ministering to college students right. or those that are just within this specific age range. So I think just um, educating yourself a little bit on who are the people in your sphere of influence that are the young adults, what seasons of life are they in, uh, and then going from there. I mean, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm reminded of kind of this age old question, like what if we invest in people and they leave? But if you think about that, that same question in reverse, what if you don't invest in people and they stay? Mm-hmm. What What's better? What's worse? I mean, think about it. Rick Warren describes ministry. And I think I would even emphasize or underscore, especially young adult ministry. Mm. It's a lot like preaching to a parade. It really is. Mm. But I mean, I I think that the world that we live in is so globalized. It is so individualized and it is so technologically advanced that whether you're a 24 single year old, or I look at there's people who are 55, retire early and decide to build their dream home in a warm, sunny state. There's no guarantee that any of us Mm -hmm. is going to stay like staying isn't actually necessarily part of the great commission either. It's go while you're going make disciples. And I think it's send and we have an opportunity. I remember listening to Louis Giglio describe a move of God that happened through a Bible study pioneered at Baylor university. They were looking for a place to meet. They decided Mm -hmm. to visit a church uh, across the campus right next door to the campus. And the pastor's like, oh yeah, we don't have a college ministry. They're not staying. They don't tithe. They don't give whatever. And what one pastor looked at it as a challenge, other people saw as an opportunity. And I think God sees, yeah, there's challenges, but he's not afraid to assign tasks or challenges. Look at Joshua, look at Moses, look at, um, I just think Mm -hmm. of, it's so powerful. And Cameron, I just want to say, what you're doing at Valley Assembly, mm-hmm. we love it. We're cheering you on. What you're doing with the Young Adult Collective, my prayer, here's my hope. I pray even listening to the podcast today, there would be 50 people who would rise up in their states, in their districts, in their denominations like you, like mm-hmm. Cameron's, and just say, yeah. you know what? Um, we're going to get together for lunch or for coffee with some young adult pastors in our area and just pray together, build relationships, and and leave it at that. See what God does. It might be just lunch, just coffee, friendship, awesome. It might be a network. It might be a a young adult collective. It might be some collaboration, but there's going to be unity. There's going to be blessing because there's not comparison. Right. There's that blessing that comes from security. And so, man, uh, I know you're a, a big 
fan and listener of the Young Adults Today podcast. Are you so up you for the five and five? Yeah. And can I just share one more thing as you're talking that I just feel like God put on my heart is I think as the church, as pastors in the church, as we're leading, I want to be careful that the people I'm leading and pastoring love Jesus first and foremost. I don't want them to love me before Jesus. I don't want them to love the culture of my church before Jesus. I want them to love Jesus. I want to see them in 20 years knowing and loving Jesus. Too many times do I see youth, young adults that have left the church that no longer know or love Jesus. And I think that as we're leading young adult ministry, I I just get emotional about it because I'm like, we're in it for the long game. We're in it for the long game. And And the main thing is Jesus. Let's emphasize him. So that's that's the... Yeah, I yeah. think that's so good. Right on. But thanks for going there. And I think that we, we've we seen very similar things happen. And I always say, like, Josiah, if we stopped doing what, we do, what we're doing, would people still follow Christ? Like, if mm-hmm. we were removed from the position that God has asked us to stay in, would people who've been tuning in, who've been attending anything, still stay connected to the heart of Christ and to his, his bride? And we can't answer for people, but we can point people to Christ in that process. And I would even say for the leader who's just starting out in 2024, or maybe you're kind of losing sight of like, we, Josiah and I begin everything with the end in mind. Like what, what do we want to live and leave behind? Like what legacy are we building and leaving as we live even like there's a legacy being built as we live. It's not only after we're long and gone, but I would say something that was spoken into our life early on in our marriage that we've, I, that we've kind of like adopted as our own. And obviously it's, it's biblical, but it's don't despise small beginnings because even going back to comparison or looking at what other people are doing across the world with the nation and wow, they have 5,000 young adults every week. Yeah. They have 10,000 or yeah, they have 10. Uh, There was a woman who spoke into my life was a mentor for a season. And she said, Micah, whether there is 10 women in your home or you're in front of 10,000, you get in front of them and you be their pastor, you teach, you preach, you speak truth over them like they were your own congregation in your living room. Like just do it, just shepherd them. And I just go back to those moments of like, don't despise small beginnings because if God can't trust us with a little, he's not going to trust us with a lot. And I would say for the, the listener who's just starting out in ministry, or maybe you're barely hanging on, I'd say, keep going. In addition to that, bathe everything in prayer because the things that God's wanting to birth in you, you cannot do on your own. We cannot do on our own if we are disconnected from the heart of Christ and the throne room of prayer. So I would just say, stay connected to the vine, get into the prayer closet and don't despise the small beginnings because you don't know where God's going to take you. So just stick with it and um, keep Christ at the center of it all. Like Cameron's talking about. So my gosh. anyway, to the home run derby, to the home run derby to it. And dude, coming back to what you just said, Cameron, um, you painted a picture of a bullseye. The bullseye is that it's about Jesus. Yeah. And that if we can provoke affection in Jesus, in the ministries that we're leading, if we can inspire people to affection in, in Christ, mm-hmm. that's what's going to last for an echo into all of eternity. That is really what it's all about. And okay, so kicking off the five in five, what's your, okay, talking sports, what's your favorite sports team? Uh, Seattle Seahawks. 
Yeah, just in the area. My wife bought me tickets to the game for Thanksgiving Day, so we went over to Seattle and watched it. I saw that you were there. Yeah, it was fun. I saw you were there. That is awesome. Okay, so here's a second question. What What is the best advice you have ever been given? Um, the best advice I've ever been given. Good question. Um, probably <laughs> this is one probably just cause I use it almost every day and everyone's probably heard it, but think before you speak, it's just something that my mom's raised me with. And it seems to have been something that I try to apply, but it's, uh, it's one that I'll use and my wife helps reinforce too. <laughs> Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, I would say I'm an introvert with extroverted tendencies. Okay. <laughs> Meaning I recharge being by myself or with like my wife. Uh, but man, I see the value of being around people. So it's amazing. Good. Okay. The curveball is if you could ask Mike and I one question, what would it be? Yeah. Um, let's go, let's go with ministry, uh, for you guys with young adults today, how would you define success for ministry in your guys's life? Hmm. We had this conversation kind of yesterday. Do you want to go first? I mean, we look at that Psalm that I came out of the gate sharing Psalm one forty five for one generation is to tell the next of the mighty acts of God for us. It is really about, two things. It is provoking affection in young adults for Christ and provoking leaders to action to not overlook or over-research and underserve and underreach a generation. Um, so it's those two things, reaching young adults for Christ, training leaders to do the same. So I think salvation and then assimilation to a church, discipleship is powerful. That's part of it. And then I think that to your point of the young adult leader listening, who's like, man, um, there's not a lot of tools, templates, maps, compasses, guides. Mm -hmm. We want to be some of those just resources. We want to create some events and rallying points. And for us, it's not about books or podcasts or events and conferences. It is about relationships, mm -hmm. a deeper relationship with Christ. And then deeper relationships with each other. I yeah. think that, so that's, that's how I answer it. How, what would you say? Yeah, I would say I would, I'll take it the caveat in a different way, but um, to, to add on to what Josiah is saying, how we measure that is by maybe receiving the life-changing stories behind the scenes that people are willing to share. Because I think that's what spurs us on. It's like, are we even making a difference? Or are we just talking about things that we'd love to talk about? Are we just leaning into things that we love to do? And I believe that God has put something in every single one of us listening and people we're reaching. God has put something, a passion inside of us that wakes us up, that stirs our heart, that gets us going in the morning and throughout the day. And in ministry, sometimes it's not always the most tangible thing, where if you're if you're on a construction site, you have the blueprints, you have the start, you have the finish, you, you see the progress and the process. And you don't always see that in somebody's soul. Right. You don't always hear that in somebody's story. You don't always, you know, 
get experience the pruning and be like, wow, God's really done a marvelous work in your life. Does it happen sometimes? Yes, absolutely. But I think how we can measure that tangibly is, okay, Lord, just remind us why we do what we do. And that's when something comes in. It's like your podcast has completely changed my life and God is doing amazing things. Oh, I just, I, did you know that I gave my heart to the Lord? Like I fully trust in him and I'm so inspired by you and what your husband are doing. And it's not like, oh, good job, Micah. Good job, Josiah. It's saying, wow, this is getting into the hands, the hearts, the ears of young adults and leaders listening to not glorify me or the podcast or Josiah, or the podcast or young adults today, but to glorify God and point people to Christ. So if people can say to us, like your podcast is impacting me and it's changed my life because I've drawn closer to God. Yes. It's not about me and Josiah. So I would say those are just some things question behind the question, maybe more or less, but I don't know. Is that good? That's perfect. Phenomenal. Back to you. Here we go. Question five of five. This one right here. All right. If you could leave the listener with one piece of encouragement today, what would you leave them with? With one piece of encouragement. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that leader that's leading young adults to know that you're not in this alone. And one, of course you have Jesus, you have the Holy spirit. You have an advocate, you have a comforter, you have a helper who's with you. And he is, God has, God has called you to that position for a reason, for a purpose. You're not alone. And the other thing is, if you're listening to this, Josiah and Micah are incredible people, not just like, and I'm just, I'll just be transparent. They're not just in this, trying to put a podcast together or a resource or write books, but like Josiah, even you just texting me like, hey, praying for you. How can I pray for you? Being reminded that I've got people in my corner praying for me, encouraging me. They're at the ready if I have questions. That means so much. And so uh, you're not in this alone. You can message, go to youngadulttoday.com. You can easily get connected. There's a, a Facebook group that you guys put together. And so lean into those opportunities to be a part of what God's doing in young adult ministry and how um, Josiah and Mike are, are really spearheading this. And I think it's really just been a, a really incredible thing seeing you guys rally different people from all across the country in young adult ministry. So you're not in this alone. Jesus is with you. Be a part of that local church, but also lean into the leadership and love and compassion that Josiah and Micah have. Wow. Thanks for saying that, oh Carolyn. Gosh. That means the Blown world. And, and you just literally spoke our heart towards the end of that. Like, it's not about Mike and Josiah. It's about bringing community together. It's about bringing other leaders together for relationship of learning tactics, learning what is happening across the country, learning how to be better leaders. And that's one of the resources that we have is the podcast to link people together exactly to say, you are not alone, whether you've been in this for 10 days or 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's growing and we get to be a part of that story and we all get to choose whether or not we're going to participate. So if you have never tuned into any of these things, we'd love that you would be able to participate. And Cameron, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. We're grateful. This is the Young Adults Today podcast.
I'm all wired up right now. Plug me in, I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.